Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we talk about player agents. There are many stories of African players who've allegedly been exploited by unscrupulous agents. We speak to former Nigeria striker Stephen Makinwa, who's now a player agent and is determined to represent his players well. When it's the transfer period, they, they come to you, you sign, and that's it, you know. So once you have signed, then you're on your own, you know. Lots on this, plus your thoughts on the importance of the English FA Cup, and we ask why Barcelona decided to sign Ghana's Kevin Prince Boateng. So that's all coming up, but first, more games in the CAF Champions League and Confederation Cup this weekend. Match day three in the Champions League, an important stage as all of the groups are wide open and teams play the same opponent home and away in these next two rounds of games. It's the opening round of group games in the Confederation Cup. In other news, teams have a few extra days to prepare for the Africa Cup of Nations in Egypt as the start has been delayed by six days to allow players to rest after the Muslim holy month of Ramadan. The four-week-long event will now kick off on June the 21st. And the Confederation of African Football has also confirmed that the draw for the finals will be on the 12th of April and the final qualifying games are on next month. Also very sad to hear that African football legend Malumba Ndai of DR Congo has died in South Africa at the age of 70. Ndai holds the record for the most goals scored in a single Africa Cup of Nations tournament. That was nine for Zaire in 1974. And I have to say, wonder if it will ever be surpassed because not even the likes of Samuel Eto'o have been able to beat that at a single tournament, although Eto'o holds the record of 18 goals over the years at the Nations Cup. But the way football's played now, I doubt if we'll see a player matching Malumba Ndai's nine goals at the 1974 Nations Cup finals. So our main focus on the show this week is player agents, experts who represent players when it comes to negotiating contracts with clubs. They also negotiate advertising contracts for players and they receive a commission from the deals that they do. You've probably heard stories of football agents who are alleged to have exploited African players by advising them to sign a contract and taking their commission, even though the contract is clearly not good for the player, who may not have understood the details of the contract at the time. Well, former Nigeria defender Taribo West has warned young African players to be wary of unscrupulous football agents. While giving his own experience, West claims that agents are parasites who put personal gain before the good of players and their clubs, saying he played at Auxerre in France almost for free. Uh, West said he had a five-year contract and uh, later on only discovered that while his fellow defenders were earning as much as 120,000 French francs, he was getting 3,000 francs. Uh, that is a mere 500 US dollars. West says that most Africans sign contracts they don't know about because they're desperate to play in Europe and that they need to have lawyers, and that's why the big players use their fathers or brothers as their agents these days. Well, we've spoken to former Nigeria striker Stephen Makinwa, who's now a player agent and is determined to represent his players well. 
McInwa played 18 times for the Super Eagles between 2004 and 2008. He spent most of his career in Italy and had some bad experiences with agents. He told us why he wanted to become an agent. I think what actually pushed me into this job was the fact that I thought I could do a far better job you know, than those that were representing me then because uh, I know what they mostly do is the transfer time when it's the transfer period, they, they come to you, you sign, and that's it, you know. So once you have signed, then you're on your own, you know. So, and I, being a foreigner, uh, I went through a lot in uh, in Italy because, you know, coming into a country where there are rules and regulations and you are just coming in, uh, you don't know the rules and regulations, you don't know a lot of things, you know. So you need people to put you through, at least to to let you know how to go about things and, you know, at least help you through whatever you have to do, you know. So, but I found out that uh, my own agents then uh, were mostly interested in just the transfer, you know. So I made it uh, upon myself that, okay, I definitely have to do much more than just signing contracts with my players, you know. I have to watch their games. I always, after every game, I watch all my players. You know, I watch them and I tell them what I think they should have done better, you know, what uh, they could do. You know, I, I try to even, you know, tell them my opinion about their matches, you know. Uh, you have some agents who are very serious agents and who are good agents. But uh, or where I think, you know, agents have power is, you know, when there are interests, you know, from clubs or from places and stuff, you know, then the agents can actually control where he wants the player to, to, to consider. You know, if I don't tell you about what you don't know, you wouldn't know, right? So I think, you know, that is another way uh, agents, you know, can, you know, look out for themselves, you know, because at the end of the day, the player will sign, but, you know, when you don't make the player take his own decision is where I think, you know, Taribo might be right, you know. Some agents will push the player and make sure the player takes what they want the player to do. Agents, yes, they have power, but, you know, there are some good ones also, you know. So what I do is I always make sure that my my uh, players, they know all the options that are available for them and they take their decisions with my own opinion. I just give them my opinion, what I think, and then they take their decisions. So this is what I do. So taking a hands-on and a caring approach is Stephen McKinwa, and he told us about his experience as a young African player moving to Europe. So I got to Europe when I was still uh, very young. You know, I just completed 18. So at that point, I didn't care about what my contracts were saying then that much. You know, I was not even thinking about it. What I was concerned about was just for me to sign contracts and have a chance to you know uh, start my professional football career so and then uh, obviously as I started moving up that gives you power you know because each time you have to move then you have to negotiate a new contract you know so and you know that gave me some time to to know about the system or to at least know what's going on and I was lucky to have um, not so, I mean, my agents, they, they were not bad, you know, so 
they were good people, so they were at least looking out for what I for me in a good way. So I didn't have to do much then because I was young, and I mean, for me, it was more important to just sign a contract and start my professional career. And we also asked Makinwa, what are the signs for African players to look out for, for them to know if this is a good agent or a bad one? So if someone is coming and promising heaven and earth, then that is a sign that that person is not somebody that tells the truth. So if someone comes to you and say, okay, I can help you, I can, you know, talking about the present and what you can do in the future is different from saying what you don't have, you know, what, so yeah. I think the signs are always there, but people just choose to hear what they like to hear, you know, and go for the for the sweet talks. They should just pay more attention and uh, be wise, that's it. So that's former Nigeria striker Stephen Makinwa, who's now a player agent, spent most of his club career in Italy. And Solomon, good to hear an agent there who clearly does have the interests of players at heart and one who seems like a father figure. We will remember him for celebrating his goals just the way Obafemi Martins does with uh, somersaults anytime he scores. And he's definitely somebody that was never in any scandal, you know, very level-headed. And I think he's carrying that same mentality and approach into being a football agent. He's still young. He's only 35 years of age. Uh, And when you look at it, his approach to the interests of players at heart, you know, some of the things he mentioned, like making it his duty to watch their 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 videotapes, going to their football games and really critiquing their approach and the way that they play and how they could improve and also being open to telling them, look, you're about to sign a contract. These are your options. You can either go this way and that way and that way, but you make the decision. I feel this is not just about really trying to get a good deal for a young player, but it's also about trying to build character. Because a lot of these players come from little or no education. Uh, They grew up, you know, in abject poverty, and no one around them has the knowledge to be able to guide them in terms of the laws and what they are signing. So I think approach by a a football agent like Stephen Markingwa is really uh, great because when the players succeed, obviously, uh, you're also going to succeed. You're going to get a good percentage and good interest, you know. So why not just invest yourself instead of making them sign deals that they don't know about, uh, the the deals that are like, you know, you're actually putting them into slavery. Yes, and uh, how widespread do you think this problem is of African players being exploited by greedy agents, Solomon? I remember the story of Philippe Osandu, uh, who went to Belgium. He had a raw deal. Players like uh, Ni Odati Lamti from Ghana, who played for Anderlecht, um, had a raw deal where you play, just like Teribo mentioned, you play for so many years, not knowing that what you are earning is actually just a fraction of what your agent, you know, has signed and is receiving, you know, from the club. But anyway, your signature is on it. Uh, just remember, they come from a, from poverty, a lot of them, and there's quite a lot of 
their, their siblings, their families that they need to take through school. They need to build homes for them, provide food for them to eat. They need shelter. Uh, and it's quite widespread. But gradually, I think players are being educated. Workshops are being created. Uh, and to be able to help these players understand. And players are also exposed with the error of social media and the internet. You know, they're also exposed to uh, other players from other continents and how things are being done. So gradually, I feel the exploitation is gradually reducing, but still, it's, it's still very rampant. Young players are very, very vulnerable. You know, they, they are naive. They don't have a lot of knowledge, legal knowledge. They don't have a lot of, you know, business knowledge. So they, they get to be taken advantage of, unfortunately. Yes, well, thanks, Solomon. We're asking for your thoughts on this on social media this week. What do you think about player agents? Are most of them out to exploit African players? Or is it just a case of a few bad stories being exaggerated? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and post a comment there, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. You can also listen on our new look website, planetsport.tv. Our other shows are there too. That's Planet Sport and the Planet Sport Rugby podcast, plus interviews with various sports stars, including Ghana's Christian Achu and Zambia's Patson Dakar. And that's on our new look website, planetsport.tv. And now we turn to social media and last weekend saw the fourth round of the English FA Cup. League leaders Liverpool had already been knocked out after fielding a second string side in their third round loss to Wolves. Uh, some felt that this is an advantage for Liverpool as they can now focus on the Premier League and Champions League campaigns. Now, the FA Cup has been considered a very prestigious tournament, first played in 1871, but with top teams now often fielding under-strength sides, how important is the FA Cup now compared to other competitions? Well, on WhatsApp, Lamine Fadera in The Gambia says the FA Cup is very significant. It always produces surprises and it's important because it helps the lower-ranked teams to show their potential against the big guns. Bizwek and Jaqua in Malawi says it's still a cup to compete for, although when clubs are knocked out, they speak of it as if it's not that useful. Abraham Ayo from the Gambia says, yes, the FA Cup is very important, and I know that this year Chelsea are going to win it. However, Alaji T. Cham, also in the Gambia, disagrees, saying, I think the Premier League is more important than the FA Cup. It might be prestigious, but it's not up to the level of the European Cups like the Champions League and the Europa League, says Alaji. Winners of the FA Cup might get prize money, but it's not as important as the European titles. Well, yes, the FA Cup winners receive $4.75 million for winning the final. That's on top of other payments for winning each round. So a Premier League club winning the competition after coming in at the third round stage will pick up around about $7.6 million. Compare that with the Champions League, where teams can earn upwards of $85 million. And figures in the British newspaper The Times say that Tottenham generated 23 times as much money from the Champions League as they did from the FA Cup last season and that the gap between the two competitions could increase even further in coming seasons. 
But uh, money aside, the FA Cup continues to excite many fans. And Sumana Sonko in The Gambia says, absolutely, it's the most important trophy and oldest competition in England. One thing so fascinating about it is that it involves all of the teams in the English leagues, from the Championship to the Non-League and the Premier League. And it's full of surprises, as seen by lower league teams beating the Premier League clubs. Sure, uh, Patrick Mwamlima in Malawi agrees, saying to me it's a very valuable trophy as it gives all of the English teams a chance to compete and the champions are the real deal, says Patrick. Hamat Jobe in the Gambia is a fan. The FA Cup is one of my favourite cup competitions, says Hamat. It's full of drama and it gives the minor teams and young players the chance to upset the so-called best teams. To Zambia now, and Smile Mulimbilo agrees, saying, Yes, the FA Cup is very important, and I appreciate it very much because it brings so many exciting challenges, says Smile. Blessings Nyerenda in Malawi agrees too. We welcome your voice notes on WhatsApp, and here's an interesting perspective from Ahari Jaju Cham in the Gambia. For me as a Liverpool fan, I won't have in any way prioritised the FA Cup this season even though we have not pocketed any silverware for the past years. But considering that we are now at the top of the Premier League summit and the intensity of the title raised, I wouldn't have been thinking of prioritizing the FA Cup, really. Yes, I would have taken the FA Cup last season, but not this season. Thanks there to Mahari Jaju Cham. And uh, agreeing there is Olatunde Adeleke in the Gambia saying, I think it's good for Liverpool to drop the FA Cup in order to concentrate on the greater prize of the Premier League as they're doing well there. And there are other benefits to winning the FA Cup. Here's Arena Itwe Emi in Uganda. The FA Cup gives a chance to teams in small leagues to face their rivals. And if they win, it's so unforgettable a memory, says Arena Itwe. Isaac in Ghana reminds us that the winners get to play in the Community Shield and the Europa League the following season. Also pointed out that by Emmanuel Ando in Ghana. And finally, Julan Ding Jaune in the Gambia says, To me, all the competitions are important since football is all about making money. The fans want to see their team winning and that winning is bringing income to the club to help the club to grow. Well, thanks so much for all of those comments. Uh, always greatly appreciated. And let's uh, put this now to our European football expert, Stuart Weir in the UK. Uh, Stuart, what would you say on the importance of the FA Cup? Well, the FA Cup is the oldest cup competition in the world. It's full of tradition. It's got giant killing. The fans love it. But you have to say that for most Premier League clubs, it's just not the priority. But you know, saying that, the fourth round certainly lived up to expectation with some thrilling matches. Probably the biggest upset was AFC Wimbledon, bottom of League One, and that means they're the 68th best team in the league, beating West Ham in the middle of the Premier League, and they beat them 4-2. And Kesi Apaya, a Ghanaian international, scored Wimbledon's first goal. Everton are 11th in the Premier League, and they took on Millwall towards the bottom of the Championship. Everton twice took the lead, but Millwall won 3-2. And would you believe it, in the next round of the Cup, Wimbledon are at home to Millwall. Remember in the last round how Newport County, 14th in League 2, that means 72nd in the league rankings, beat Leicester City. Well, this time they drew with Middlesbrough who are close to the top of the championship. And to add insult to injury, Newport scored an equaliser in stoppage time. And incidentally, the Middlesbrough manager, Tony Pulis, grew up in Newport. 
and the winners of that one will entertain Manchester City in the fifth round. Now, in the last round, Wolves were able to beat Liverpool, the top team in England at the moment, but this time they were up against Shrewsbury of League One and found themselves 2-0 down, only surviving with an equaliser in the 93rd minute. Wow. The winners of that one, incidentally, play Bristol City of the Championship in the last 16. And we have to talk about Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's Manchester United team who made it 8 out of 8 with an impressive win away to Arsenal. Now, Solskjaer surprised some people by starting with Romelu Lukaku and Alexis Sanchez, leaving Rashford and Martial on the bench. But blow me, didn't Sanchez score the first goal and Lukaku create the first two goals? And now having won at Arsenal, poor old Manchester United's reward is a tie away to Chelsea. Well, we certainly got some interesting comments on WhatsApp. And I entirely agree with Hamad Joby and Lamin Federa in The Gambia that the FA Cup produces wonderful excitement and shocks. But the reality, as I said, is that most teams don't make it a priority. Now, Abraham in The Gambia says the FA Cup is important and Chelsea are going to win it. Well, Chelsea might, but they have to overcome Manchester United in the next round. But you cannot say that it's a priority for Chelsea, because if you look at the team they put out against Sheffield Wednesday last weekend, there were eight changes from their previous game. And on that subject, Watford made 11 changes, Crystal Palace, Burnley, Newcastle and Tottenham 7, West Ham and Wolves 6 from their previous game, which just shows that the FA Cup is not the priority for these teams and they like to bring in reserve young fringe players. In that respect, though, I do agree with Biswek in Malawi that the FA Cup represents a trophy to be won. And I really wonder if you're Wolves, Leicester, West Ham, Watford or Everton, you're really not going to get in the top four, but you're not going to be relegated. So why not put out your best team and see if you can win the cup? Some people even go as far as Utlundi in the Gambia saying that it may be a blessing to Liverpool to be knocked out of the FA Cup as they pursue the league and the Champions League. But I wouldn't say that to Mauricio Pochettino at the moment after his Tottenham team were knocked out of the League Cup and the FA Cup in four days. And with Tottenham struggling to hold on to a top four place and with a tough Champions League game to come, frankly, the League Cup or the FA Cup may have represented their best chance of a trophy this year. They lost in the FA Cup to Crystal Palace and three things in the Palace victory delighted me. Firstly, it was great to see the Ghanaian Geoffrey Schlupp create the first goal for Conor Wickham. Wickham, you know, scored for Palace at the beginning of the 2016-17 season, then sustained such a serious injury that he didn't play for virtually two years. So great to see him scoring. And finally, with Palace's first two goalkeepers injured, Julian Speroni kept a clean sheet and he's 39 years old. Yes, and talking of Julian Speroni, you can read Speroni's story on our website, planetsport.tv. And Stuart, we were talking about transfer dealings earlier in the show and the role of agents. Now, in this January transfer window, the most notable African move has to be Ghana's Kevin Prince Boateng joining Barcelona, a move that surprised many. Uh, What could Barca have seen in him, do you think? Well, Kevin is 31. He was born in Berlin, uh, but opted to play for Ghana. 
He's had a strange career. He started with Hertha Berlin. He played for Tottenham and then Portsmouth in England, but never really made much of an impact. He had four years at Milan. Then he went to Schalke. But recently he's been playing in Spain, Germany and Italy a year at a time for Las Palmas, Eintracht, Frankfurt, and most recently for Sassuolo. So he's playing at the top level, but not for a really top team. And, I mean, frankly, Steve, I don't think they're signing him to replace Messi. I just cannot see him being more than a squad player. I really can share very little light on this, because to me it's a surprising move. He's done well to get it, but whether he plays a lot of games for Barcelona remains to be seen. Well, a big surprise, that transfer. Difficult to understand, but to good nonetheless for Kevin Prince Boateng. And other Africans on the move, Stuart, include Nigerians John Mikel Obi and Victor Moses. Well, yes, John Obi Mikel, 11 seasons at Chelsea, then two in China, which, frankly, he went for the money. Now he's come back to England to play in Middlesbrough. And, Steve, I've done my research. There are 23 Chinese restaurants in Middlesbrough, so the adjustment will not be that difficult. Seriously, though... Mikel brings a wealth of experience to Middlesbrough, who are currently fifth in the championship, and he will certainly help them as they push to get into the Premier League. Omar Niasi of Everton has gone to Cardiff City. He's from Senegal, and we've often talked about him. In 2017-18, he scored eight goals for Everton, mainly off the bench, and simply couldn't get a starting place. He must have wondered what on earth he had to do if he was scoring goals most weeks, but he couldn't get a starting place. So after four seasons at Everton, where he played under four different managers, which didn't help his cause, he's now moved to Cardiff, at least for the rest of the season. Victor Moses has left Chelsea to go to Fenerbahce in Turkey. Now, 2016 to 18, he was a regular starter for Chelsea under Antonio Conte, part of the league championship winning team and so on. But then when Sarri was appointed coach at the start of the season, he changed the formation, no longer with wingbacks, and there was no place for Victor. You know, Victor did nothing wrong, he just didn't fit the formation. And this season, he's actually played a total of 28 minutes in the Premier League, as well as some cup appearances when they're not picking their strongest team. So I think his departure was inevitable. And the Turkish league is quite a high standard, so it'll be good for him to be there, I think. Bekari Sako has gone back to Crystal Palace from West Brom. He was at Palace for three years, then joined West Brom in the summer, but only made five appearances and, so to speak, has come back home. And Leicester City have got rid of two African players. Johan Van Luan, a Tunisian player in his fourth season at Leicester, where he's actually only got 16 appearances and only won this season. So he's moved to Nottingham Forest. And also Fusini Diabati from Mali signed exactly a year ago, but has only got one appearance this season. And he's gone to Turkey to play for Sivaspor. Right, and a one big women's transfer that went through on deadline day was three-time African Women's Footballer of the Year, Asisat Oshuala, joining Barcelona on loan from Chinese club Dalian Kwanjian. The Nigerian has played for the Liverpool and Arsenal ladies. Uh, plus that late move for Peter Crouch back in the Premier League with Burnley, moving from Stoke at the age of 38, and Anthony Martial extending his contract with Manchester United. Well, away from the transfers, uh, what else do you have for us, Stuart? Mason Bennett of Derby County made his 100th appearance in top football 
last weekend. But the strange thing is he's never played for 90 minutes. He started 29 games and been taken off and come on as a sub 71 times. Let's hope that one day he discovers that football really is a game of 90 minutes. Steve, if you want to support a successful team, I can give you the clue. It has to begin with the letter L. There are six professional teams in England beginning with the letter L. Liverpool are top of the Premier League. Leeds are top of the Championship. Luton are top of League One. Lincoln of League Two. And Leighton Orient of the Valderrama National. So now we know. (laughs) Well, that's not good news for Manchester City and Manchester United fans, is it? And what dramatic results in the midweek games in the English Premier League. Uh, Liverpool, five points clear now, but it could have been seven. They drew with Leicester after Manchester City had lost to Newcastle. And Chelsea in an incredible 4-0 defeat to Bournemouth. Manchester City-Arsenal on Sunday is the big game this weekend. Liverpool playing away to West Ham on Monday. Chelsea at home to bottom place Huddersfield on Saturday. Tottenham in third. They play Newcastle. And Manchester United away to Leicester on Sunday. Also this weekend, the Under-20 Africa Cup of Nations kicks off in Niger, with eight teams taking part. In Group A, it's Niger, South Africa, Nigeria and Burundi. And in Group B, Senegal, Mali, Burkina Faso and Ghana. Well, that's it for the show for this week. But on social media, we're asking, what do you think about player agents? Many stories of African players who've allegedly been exploited by unscrupulous player agents. Uh, But uh, is that the case with most of them? Or are there just a few isolated cases of this kind of thing happening? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. From East Steve Vickers in Harare from Solomon Ashams in South Africa and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.